0: welcome to travel by proxy the show where we leave our house so you don't have to i'm andrea and i'm aaron in each episode we feature a destination anywhere From right in our neighborhood to far-off lands.
1: We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination
0: by sampling
1: something unique to it.
0: So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list.
1: Or to remove from it. In this week's episode, we will explore the culinary delights at Calhoun Square, taste a cocktail from an extinct establishment, and learn about the history of Calhoun Square came to be.
0: So sit back and take a journey with us. As we talk about the world outside your window. And speaking outside your window, let's take a look at every millennial's favorite place to go, brunch. Absolutely. Brunch
1: is definitely one of those things that uh, it really kind of came in more vogue again in the like early 2000s, was it? Uh, That's really when I started experiencing, though that's also when I turned 21.
0: Well, it's mostly because we wanted an excuse to drink on a Sunday and then, you know, later on on a Saturday at like 11 o'clock, but also get fried food at that same time. And pay more than we probably should for it.
1: Exactly. Or you get the uh, oh-so-lovely uh, like buffet-style brunches, where they bring you just a plate, or you go get a plate, and it's usually like $17 to $25, depending on where you're going. If you're in uptown, it's more close to that 25 If you're kind of farther out in the suburbs, it's much more in that kind of like $15 to $17 range. But uh, it's decent food for a decent price, and you can get as much of it as you want.
0: Hangover breakfast
1: du jour. Absolutely, and also uh, a lot of those places you can get some bottomless drinks that they will do that like on special, like bottomless mimosas. Oh yeah, definitely. A friend of mine and actually, and I actually went on a Sunday, and we had brunch at a po- place called Bar Abilene, which I do believe is no longer in business, RIP. Uh, but we had a wonderful waiter who just kept bringing us pictures of pre mimosas, and we got
0: drunk at like. Noon on a Sunday. Speaking of getting drunk at noon on a Sunday, how does hop, skip, and go naked sound? That sounds delicious. What's, what is that? Well, it's area? beer, raspberry lemonade, and vodka, 20 ounces. Wow. Limit two per person. How much would you pay for that? Uh, I'm,
1: I'm going to assume by, since we're talking about Calhoun Square, that is an $8 cocktail at the minimum.
0: Wow. You were really close. It's 7
1: Oh, I was going to say seven, too. Yeah,
0: guess where you can get it?
1: Is it at the Libertine?
0: Yeah, it is. It's at the Libertine, it which is, is actually our first topic of destination. Uh, wow, topic of conversation. <laughs> it's a destination that we're conversing about. Yes, it's, it's a topic of destination. Perfect. You, we're going to coin it here on Travel by Proxy, the inaugural ep- episode, Topic of Destination. Trademark that. <laughs> and uh, speaking of bottomless, at uh, Libertine, they actually um, do a $16 bottomless mimosa how long does that last is that just through
1: through the entirety of brunch does it say i,
0: I would imagine i okay. mean there aren't any stipulations uh let's say fine print uh it just says uh yeah bottomless mimosa. bottomless mimosa and
1: if you've not had a mimosa and you don't know what it is it's literally champagne and or really any sparkling wine sparkling mm-hmm. white wine and uh orange juice
0: yeah it's basically like a bellini but with
1: orange juice Exactly, because we're just going to it, keep talking about it's cocktails.
0: It's like, it's the soccer mom of uh, drinking.
1: It is absolutely the soccer mom of drinking, though my mom uh, loves those, and she never uh, had to be a soccer mom because I never played soccer. I did. Well, there you go.
0: <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> cool story, bruh. All right, so um, speaking of brunch, though, uh, I do have to say that I-, I actually have had the brunch at Libertine before, and... um you you really can't go wrong with anything on their menu but i particularly enjoy the biscuits and gravy because it's a cheddar jalapeno biscuit so it's Ooh. got like the the cheesy like uh like spicy biscuit but it also doubles down on the spiciness because the gravy that they use for the biscuits and gravy is a chorizo red eye gravy
1: oh that sounds delicious i have not gotten that yet we need to make that happen sometime soon yeah we'll go back absolutely
0: yeah that's the advantage of talking about a destination right in our backyard we can go back
1: oh absolutely um, also, you know, the, the nice thing about that is if, if you like cocktails in general, uh, the best thing about going to hipster places like this is they name their cocktails in really amazing ways. Uh, so like we have a chocolate martini with a toasted marshmallow foam. Are you ready for the name of this? I am. The name is Bruce Willis is a ghost. What? Absolutely. It is a chocolate martini called Bruce Willis is a ghost. Uh, we also have, uh, something that is warm buttered rum guess the name uh butter me rum it is dumbledore dies what (laughs) absolutely uh and then you also have uh beer vodka raspberry lemonade tropical red bull that's
0: like one ingredient away from their breakfast
1: cocktail It is one ingredient away from their their uh, it is just adding red bull to that item uh but then it the name of that particular cocktail is tyler durden doesn't exist
0: wow that, that's amazing. Like, I, I want to try that.
1: Uh, and then there's also a uh, there's a uh, punch bowl that is either $8 or $25, depending on which size you get. And it is a rotating punch, so it changes on a monthly basis, I do believe. Oh, my. And it's called Can't Trust Lenny.
0: Oh, well, of course, you really can't. Say, speaking of a uh, punch bowl, there is an actual thing that uh, exists in the Midwest Um, I know that rosé is a wine that is appreciated outside of the Midwest. But rosé, there's a specific kind of rosé that is appreciated at supper clubs in the Midwest, particularly in Wisconsin. Which rosé is that? It is a bland rosé. It's just called rosé. I don't know what vineyard makes it. I've never actually learned where it comes from but i believe i've had it at more than one supper club either in wisconsin or in minnesota sometimes it's called blush wine it's just called blush wine or rosé yes are, are they doing the blend in house usually i don't know but uh the libertine does offer a $45 rosé tower
1: is that like is it one of those weird fancy they pour the rosé down a bunch of glasses and
0: waste a bunch. Well, I have to confess that I have never actually seen this because okay. it's forty five dollars. Although they do say on their menu that if you do the math, for it's on their happy hour menu yeah. first of all, and if you do the math, it's less than six dollars a glass. It's so if you're bringing
1: oh, six dollars a glass, that's going to make me do math in my head. That's yeah, it's not fun? So it's it's more like you're you're looking around seven people to get around that level. Yeah. Um that sounds like a a weird fun thing we should get a bunch of people together for. Um I it reminds me of random fishbowl drinks. We had um, one of our friends had a birthday a few years ago. We went to uh, the W in downtown Minneapolis and we had a, a fishbowl drink that cost us like $125 and it's, that was one of the nights that I realized that I don't want to go to really like quote unquote high class joints anymore. That's why we love the things we talk about on this podcast even more because they're usually in a real person's budget to do uh, more than once in their lifetime. Oh, yeah? Absolutely.
0: Um, I, I actually... I mean, I, I do have a weird kind of love for ridiculous bar drinks.
1: Oh, yeah. It's... I mean, they're super fun. I mean, there was... Um, we can kind of get into, away from the, the Libertine for now, because I want to talk about the place that was in that space beforehand. Okay. Uh, and it was uh, it was a bar called The Independent, and they had a lot of really handcrafted cocktails, mm-hmm. um, and they made a lot of their own. Uh, we're actually going to be drinking one here in a couple of moments uh, that is called the Minnesota Nice, which is uh, Irish whiskey, Dory, which is a watermelon liqueur, mm-hmm. and sour uh, mixed together over ice in a mixer and poured into a lowball glass, and generally garnished with maraschino cherry. Um, and it is a delicious, delicious cocktail. And let's just go ahead and get a little pour out of
0: that. Yeah, I'm going to actually drink a little bit of the water out of the glass first.
1: We don't want to dilute the the drink too much because we want to make sure that it's it uh, tastes correctly. Get
0: the Foley on that.
1: I'm going to pass this to you so you can pour your drink.
0: I'm going to get much less good Foley on that. Talk so that there's not a lot of silence. I will talk while there's not a lot of silence. Uh, So Andrea is pouring uh,
1: herself the Minnesota Nice into the lowball glass. Uh, You don't need too much. It is is almost, uh, it is literally two-thirds booze. Uh, So it's not something that you want to drink like six or ten of in a sitting. um, Unless you're sitting at home or have a designated driver
0: or plan on an Uber. Wow. When you inhale on this one. It, uh, it's like inhaling, uh, uh, ethanol. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like the, if you just sit and sniff it,
0: it's got that kind of tropical fruit, um, with just whiskey. You you know what this reminds me of when you smell it? It actually reminds me of being at a tiki bar.
1: That's also a, a great place to be. It's uh, part of the reason this exists is uh, the company that uh, or the group that owns Psycho Suzy's, which is another bar we will talk about at some point, also owned the uh, the Independent. And so with that same ownership, they kind of had that same drive to make things better. They just had a whole different aesthetic for the Independent.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, l- I actually really liked the Independent. Um, My favorite thing about visiting there was the fact that they had a really easy to reserve large group room. Exactly. And it didn't cost anything. No, it had no minimum. You could just like reserve it and like it was just another table.
1: Mm -hmm. It just happened to seat like 30.
0: Yeah. So like if you needed a birthday party or something for your group of friends, you could or, you know, a social group like we happen to do on more than one occasion. Ah, uh, those meetup days. <laughs> we, You actually could get a, a group of your friends together and book it up.
1: And it was nice because when we went there, um, we weren't interrupting... Bar service for everybody else. There was a lot of bars we went to at the time that, you know, when you get 35, 40 people all together in one group, you end up taking over the vast majority of an entire bar or restaurant when you have that many people just on short notice. And we did, you know, for <laughs> for your understanding, we did actually try to contact these places beforehand once we knew we were getting to that level of having, you know, 20 plus people every time we went out. But to make sure that we didn't interrupt their business. We'd do everything we could to find places that had those, you know, reservable spots. But some of them had, you know, it's like, oh, we need six months in advance and it's $100. Yeah. Kind of screw that. Exactly. No, we we were young people and we wanted to go out and experience bars.
0: So, um, the other, the other, some of the other places that were in that space uh comedy sports also used to be in that sort of uh it was space. In that upstairs level uh-huh. just
1: kind of down the hall from yep,
0: there right from where the independent used to be and now it's also occupied by the space i believe where la fitness is it
1: is la fitness took o- took over like half the upper level mm-hmm. in calhoun square after the kind of big redo back in 20- 20 or 2015 i think was the big one um, yeah after the uh the ownership changed again in 2014
0: Hmm. Now, um, so we, we talked about how we, you know, we've given a little bit about like one specific place you might want to visit. Calhoun Square is a great place to go if you actually want to like, taste different things. You know, if you are visiting Minneapolis, and you have people who like several different things, take them there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of
1: shops mm-hmm. in there that are just, you know, retail outlets. There's you can, learn to, you
0: there's can learn to window.
1: cook. There's Kitchen Window. Yep. Kitchen Window has, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's at least weekly where they have cooking classes and you can sign up for them. And I do think they have some that are on evening. So I think they have two to three per week that, uh, that you can do and they do different types of classes. They do knife skills classes, go to that place. It's amazing.
0: You can um, go to the Sushi Tango and get uh, some pretty good sushi.
1: Absolutely, they, and
0: they have a happy hour.
1: They do have a happy hour, though that happy hour does not hold quite the candle to the uh, the aforementioned uh, now defunct uh, Independent. Uh, the Independent, my favorite time to go was on the Wednesdays because the regular happy hour was from three p.m. to nine p.m. and after that it picked back up from ten p.m. to close, which was at like two in the morning.
0: Yeah, that's right. They stopped happy hour for one hour.
1: Which was always hilarious because these servers were actively working with you to make sure you stayed on happy hour prices when you went. Now, granted, we, I used to go two, three times a week at the time. So I knew most of the people that worked there, at least on a first name basis. Um, but they would sit there and be like, okay, we're about to shut down. So as we shut down happy hour, you want to get like a couple orders in so you can carry yourself for that hour. And they would always be really kind about making sure you bring your like two orders. And they also were all making sure that none of their people or none of their customers were, uh, you know, over imbibing and then going to drive. So they're very cognizant of that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I always love it when like an establishment looks out for you
1: and not in like a rude way not in a oh buddy you're you're cut off just get out it's like hey you've had six those are very very high alcohol content drinks maybe it's time to get a quesadilla
0: or maybe it's time to get some chicken wings maybe it's time to uh, go downstairs
1: yeah go downstairs take a breather just kind of go
0: to the forbidden or the uh, doomed corner of <laughs> Doom corner. Uh, Calhoun Square
1: there's a uh, so it is currently. Uh, Fig and Pharaoh, a is, vegetarian restaurant. Exactly. Uh, before that, it was Ilgato, and before that, it was, I think, Folio.
0: I think it was actually flipped. Flipped. Yeah, I think Folio was b- was before Fig, Fig and Faro, and then Ilgato was before Folio. I'm
1: not. Uh, it, the worst part is in going back to do research in this. I can't find solid the, information about yeah. what was where at what time.
0: Yeah, there's nobody that really like extensively documents the history of the doomed corner of Lake and Hennepin.
1: It's it's such a busy area. There's so much foot traffic. There's so much bike traffic and it's attached Mm -hmm. to Calhoun Square. And you would think that being able to run a successful restaurant in that area would not be as bad. But Mm -hmm. you also have the situation that across the street from like directly west. Of that corner of Calhoun Square, where we're talking about Fig and Faro, and where Folio, and uh, or Figlio, I think it might have yeah. been called, and then Ilgato. Um, you have the Uptown Theater, which has been there since yes. the 30s, I think? Uh-huh. It hasn't really changed either. The, no. the, they've made sure that to maintain it, and they've added some kind of new things, but they have not really changed the structure. Um, but then you also have a couple... You, you know, Fogo de Chão. Yeah, Fogo de Chão stayed as well. Uh, but you have... It's the corner directly north, because mm-hmm. um, you're still you're crossing Lake Street, of not the Hennepin Theater. Um, it no the one that's oh, on yeah. Calhoun Square. So you're cro- you're staying on the east side of Hennepin, mm-hmm. and you're going directly north across Lake, but not across Hennepin. Gotcha. And there's that corner, and that
0: has had a lot of uh, Turn trouble as two. well. Mm-hmm. I guess it. I guess those two. I think they're just too busy of a street. Like, there's no real good like in for parking exactly. like it's just not a great place to be
1: and i know they, they've added a uh they added a parking ramp at one time probably, to calvin square to yeah Cowan square but it's it it is an added cost i think it's usually about five dollars mm-hmm. um five dollars for an evening could be uh closer to uh five dollars for a day or whatever mm-hmm. like an hour at certain times depending on uh what that current operator is charging however With that area, it would almost seem, if you just go in that area uh, frequently, you would almost assume that you could not go wrong in that place. But with the amount of turnover that has happened, I feel bad
0: for that corner. And that's why we call it the doomed corner, Mm because no one can stay in business there. So um, beyond the doomed corner, the other stuff that there is to offer in Calhoun Square, um, you have the aforementioned sushi tango. There is a Famous Dave's barbecue, which is a Midwest institution, but is a nationwide chain at this point, pretty much. It really is. But they do, you know, especially yeah. here in Minnesota, I've never gone to
1: a Famous Dave's that's
0: off. No, yeah. I've I've always enjoyed the food at a Famous Dave's.
1: It's, it's been a a delicious, wonderful kind of place. They have really great cornbread, to be Mm -hmm. honest, like their, their barbecue. And, you know, if, if you see Famous State barbecue sauce in your uh, grocery store, if you like barbecue sauces, especially if you like spicy barbecue sauces, go ahead and pick some up because it is a great, uh, you know, just general taste of Minnesota, wherever you may live. It's a delicious, uh, the the hot and hot and spicy or hot and tangy. Um Sweet and sassy. Sweet and sassy is another one. Um no, Devil Spit. Devil Spit. Devil Spit is oh, the one I, I was looking Devil for. Devil Spit. Devil Spit it's that's a weird sentence to say, but <laughs> it is it is a barbecue sauce that is. is absolutely delicious.
0: Yeah. Um so there's a Famous Dave's over there. Um there's a Jimmy John's, right?
1: Yeah, the Jimmy John's is still in there, and they deliver all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it's just, it's a, again, it's a place that I don't understand how just that corner of Hennepin and Lake, and Lake cannot sustain. Because mm-hmm. Cafeteria has been there for a very long time, and it's no. not on the corner. Or is Cafeteria gone? That's Libertine. Libertine. Okay, that, never mind. I'm thinking of two yeah. different things. Apologies for my, <laughs> my lo- momentary lapse. Yeah, because in-
0: Libertine is there, and then they also have the rooftop. Oh, that's correct. Uh-huh.
1: Thank you for correcting me on that. You're welcome. I'm actually going to double-check um, the uh, the shopping that they have, because there, there was a couple stores that now I'm, I'm trying to double-check that they're still around. Um,
0: While you're double-checking the mm-hmm. shopping, I am going to tell you a little bit about the history of Calhoun Square. So, um... Calhoun Square was actually sort of this place that didn't that almost didn't came to be, and that's because um the the locals didn't want the the shopping center to be built um the city had to actually vote against the neighborhood and declare it blighted in order to get the federal grants necessary to uh seize the land that Calhoun Square would be built upon. The total size of the Calhoun Square shopping center is 65,000 to 70,000 square feet. And um, kind of the reason behind the resistance against it, uh, number one is because many of the residents didn't actually believe that the area was blighted. um, And they thought that like building a shopping center there would sort of you know, go against the unique character of the area and turn into just another like cookie cutter shopping mall. And if you've seen a lot of the malls in the Twin Cities area, they are fairly cookie cutter. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, if you go to Southdale, you go to
1: Ridgedale, those are some of the first malls that ever existed as an enclosed mall in the country. And they kind of started that trend, uh, which, you know, it's, It is definitely a cookie cutter suburban concept where we don't have to go outside. We just kind of stay
0: inside and get all our shopping done right here in one spot. The other uh, reason, the other kind of unique thing behind Calhoun Square is um, it's actually the reason that um, portions of lake and lagoon were designated one way. So when you're traveling on Lake Street and it becomes a one way or lagoon becomes a one way, It's because Calhoun Square Shopping Center was built. Because they had to make sure that your traffic was not going to
1: just constantly be a nightmare for people living in the area and trying to get there uh after work especially and they still kind of failed they really did <laughs> it's uh uh lake street as you're coming east towards hennepin uh it can still get really really backed up even though it's yeah. like four or five lanes wide
0: well i mean during off times it's fine but during rush hour i mean it's rush hour is rush hour
1: um I mean, rush hour especially cuz if you head if you head mm-hmm. north on Hennepin that's where you get attached to 35 uh, w and and 294 so you're getting the main interstates that feed um that part of the metro area so a lot of the folks that work in that area are trying to get out there a lot of the people that are living there um that are trying to get to other portions at that night at that time after work as well it's just it's a cluster it really is yeah
0: so um i left out kind of the juiciest part behind it and the reason that um people were so opposed to calhoun square being built and that's because there was an actual elementary school there absolutely and was there a uh was there a person that had left a memory yeah on a blog post they said um I attended Calhoun Elementary in the late 60s. What a time to be in that area, the funky center of the Nashant hippie, mov- hippie movement. The things we saw walking around Lake Calhoun and around the uptown area. People dressed in outlandish clothes and trying out behaviors that, well, considered tame today, were pretty radical in that buttoned up area. Sorry, buttoned-up era. I remember being scared of hippies, weren't we all?
1: (laughs) Everyone's scared of hippies at a certain point.
0: Afraid they would force me to take drugs against my will.
1: You can tell that this is somebody who's now in their, like, 80s, because no one really sits you down and is like, do these drugs, do them now.
0: Yet we went barefoot- Every oh, sorry, I actually skipped a sentence there. Yet yeah, we ourselves were affected by the changes in dress and manners. We went barefoot everywhere, or wore leather moccasins, even in the dead of winter. We even took the bus barefoot to go swimming at the Y. At Calhoun, they would make a skating pond for us on the lot outside the school. I remember the school had hardwood floors, and the wooden stairs were concave from years of use. I also remember we were forced to wear dresses to school every day, even in the dead of winter. Only if it were colder than 20 below were we given a reprieve. If we wore pants under our dresses to school, we had to take them off upon arrival. Ridiculous.
1: Uh, For those of you who have not experienced having a Midwestern grandmother, uh, if you listen to that uh, particular blog post, that's a great idea, like just a great kind of intro to what having a Midwestern grandmother is, Uh, and Midwestern grandparent also, just everybody seems to be, uh, well, when I was your age, we, we had to walk uphill both times to and from school and no one gave us coats and we froze to death every week it just it everything's absolutely you know the most dire possible circumstances ever but somehow they still survived because they were tougher apparently back then
0: so do you really feel aaron like um what what to you seals the experience of calhoun square
1: i mean honestly it's going to experience Calhoun square at any time of year. Cause it's an indoor mall is a wonderful thing. My favorite, however, is still getting, uh, getting a seat on a patio, possibly a rooftop and enjoying, uh, a lovely cocktail. Uh, wish the Minnesota nice was there. I do have moments where if I go to specific bars and I'm really craving this, especially when I'm traveling and need a taste of home, I will give them the recipe and ask the bartender to make it. Um, but, a wonderful spring day, spring in Minnesota is gorgeous, especially right by the lakes, because you've got Lake Calhoun not too far off. You've got Lake Harriet very mm-hmm. close to the south as well. So you just go down, walk around, and, uh, and enjoy some shopping, and enjoy just walking around the lake.
0: So to you then, on our travel by proxy, completely arbitrary review scale, you would say a patio on a spring day is the reason to visit Calhoun Square? Absolutely. All right, that's good. For me, the completely arbitrary review scale, the reason to visit Calhoun Square is to go to brunch and try some greasy, delicious food with a little bit of spice to it.
1: Absolutely. Add spice to your, to your hangover food. That's, it's the best way to actually get unhungover.
0: Well, we're out of time for today, but... That doesn't mean that our show has to end. You can contact us by leaving a comment at travelbyproxy.com or by emailing fans at travelbyproxy.com. The Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by
1: Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talkin' by Jerris, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we wish you a look out your window. Walking with you and your... Moving these stones and you're rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about things and places, all the names and the faces, all the people that you love